from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School Sirius XM Channel 111. Hey, today it's Thursday. It is open calls, and we are taking your calls all hour long at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives right here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and we have the dream team in studio, Michelle and Dion, ready to take your calls at 844-942-7866. So it is open call Thursday, which means we would love to hear from you any questions you have about your career, the job search, or maybe you have a tip or something from a prior show you'd like to share. We would love to hear from you. You can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham. So today, to help us with this open call, we have a new guest, Brad Sona, who is the president and co-founder of Summit Staffing Partners, which is a premier IT staffing firm with offices in New York City and Pennsylvania. Brad has over 14 years in technology staffing and recruiting, and he's worked with some of the world's most prestigious institutions from Fortune 500 companies to nonprofits to healthcare organizations. Brad, welcome to Career Talk. Hey, Dawn, really great to be on your show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited you're here. So so today we have a recruiter, and we love when we have a recruiter, especially on Open Call Thursday, because you can give us all of the great insider tips of what companies are looking for and what hiring managers are kind of scrutinizing behind the scenes. So, hey, you got a question for a recruiter you've always wanted to ask. We are taking your calls Right now, if it's Thursday at noon Eastern, we are live at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So, so, Brad, as we start out, maybe you can tell us a little bit about Summit Staffing Partners because you recruit both permanent positions as well as temporary positions. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, my firm, which I co-founded with my partner, Rob, um, years ago, uh, we recruit for anything from temporary positions, entry-level roles, all the way up to C-level, C-suite positions. And we uh, started off mainly focused on technology, but we've branched out recently into accounting and finance and administrative positions as well. So we've had the opportunity to help and, and find roles for a lot of people um, over over the years. So one of the things that, that tends to be confusing is what's the difference between, say, a staffing firm like, like yours um, and a headhunter and a temp agency? And, you know, are all of these things like crossing lines and blurring? So maybe we can start out the show by just kind of helping people understand kind of what the differences are so that when they're approached by these firms or they're approaching these firms, they have a better idea about the strategy they can move towards them with. Absolutely. You know, there, there is very little difference really between a, a what's called a staffing firm and what's called a recruiting firm and what's who's called a headhunter. Um, at the end of the day, recruiters get, recruiting firms get jobs from their clients, and it's up to them to basically find people that fit within what the client is looking for. It could be obviously any sort of company that's looking to hire any sort of individual with any number of different skills. But at the end of the day, a recruiting firm is very different from what people perceive it to be, which is a job bank. People tend to think that recruiters are there to help people get jobs. And unfortunately, in many, many instances, that is not the case. It's a client or a company that is looking for a very specific type of person, and that could be an entry-level person with a specific background or a C-level person with a specific background or anything in between. And it is up to that recruiting firm or staffing firm or headhunter, whatever you want to call it, to find exactly what the client is looking for. So the lines are very blurred, Dawn. You're right. I think one of the differences that I'm hearing, even though, like you said, the lines are a little bit blurred, is that, you know, as a staffing firm, you are looking for potentially entry-level positions all the way up through C-suite positions, whereas I think people think of headhunters, um, you know, more of like the big firms like Corn Ferry or, or, or um, those is looking more for kind of your very specialty roles, very executive-level roles. Can you speak to that, Brad? 
Absolutely. No, you're you're 100% right about that. Look, there are firms that specialize in very niche niche areas where they have to find someone with a very specific needle in a haystack type of skill set. That is, um, or, or maybe even poach someone from a rival company. That's typically what a headhunter will mm-hmm. do um, in, in the truest sense. They will actually go out and try to find individuals and say, you know, eight, you're recruiting for a company like AT&T. Well, they might want someone from Verizon or Sprint or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, the lines between what's a recruiting firm and what's a staffing firm are very, very similar. Staffing tends to have a connotation of temporary mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of the wording, but not always is that the connotation. Not always is that the, the the true case. Right. So you have to check it out. You have to do your due diligence um, and find out when you're approaching a firm what types of roles they place, what types of employees they place, what levels they place, and. If it's a reputable firm, Brad, people should be able to find this out online, right? Absolutely. You should be able to find everything about the recruiter and the recruiters that you're potentially targeting working with or are working with online. If you're getting calls from someone who claims to be a recruiter who's not on LinkedIn, there's no website, there's nothing, odds are it could be a scam. You know, you want to definitely make sure that you're working with a recruiting firm that you can identify who the individuals are who are calling you, you can identify the company, there's either testimonials or information about them, and it's someone that you can speak to, not just someone that you're emailing back and forth with. Right, an actual live person. (laughs) Right, exactly. Who and, exactly. and in fairness, as somebody who is is working for the company, and I think that is something that crosses all of the the different you know lines, headhunter, staffing firms. I mean, you are hiring and you are um, working for the company. The company is your client, so that's kind of a, a, a standard. But um, you may not be able to disclose every detail because the client may not want you to, but you should be able to get um, into relative detail and answer questions and have an actual job description. Because I I think like you were talking about, if if it's a scam, usually what's happening is they're fishing for resumes so that they can present those to companies and say, hey, look at all these great clients I have. You're going to want to do business with us. So, I mean, it's kind of that fine line between looking for somebody who's going to give you enough detail and enough confidence in terms of what they have on their website, their online presence, and their ability to speak with you so that you have faith that this is actually reputable and an actual job. Absolutely. You want to make sure that the person that you are speaking with has genuine information about a specific position that they have in mind. Now, a recruiter may reach out to you and say something like, you know, we get positions for someone like you all the time. I don't have something at this very moment, but I'd love to get to know you and your background and and things along those lines so they can make a connection with you. That is normal as well. But if they're saying, hey, just send me your resume and da-da-da-da-da, that's something you definitely want to be wary of. And, and, you know, that, that does happen a lot in this industry where it's called prospecting. It's something you just mentioned, uh, Dawn. And, where a recruiting company, it could be one person sitting in a basement somewhere, who knows, is sending a whole bunch of resumes over to a company and say, look at all these great people that I have for you to hire. Um, that's not something that you as a candidate or as a job seeker want to get involved with. Right. And and to your point, um, the difference is, is that if it feels transactional, like, hey, send me your resume, you know, that's probably a red flag. But if it feels more relational, so I want to have a conversation with you, we get jobs for, for people with your skills all the time. Um, you know, let's talk, let's meet, let's, you know, have an exchange, then that's probably more on the up and up. So we're going to go to Anna in Pennsylvania. Anna, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, thank you. Um, I'm actually, I'm calling for my daughter, but I'm calling because she's in class. Um, She is a senior, she's an accounting major, and she has a job offer already, which is great, but she wants to get a certificate in suspension in sustainability that's an interest that she has Mm -hmm. and i was just wondering whether or not that was a wise move for her to make so um anna why does she want to get this additional certificate it sounds like she's she's got the job she's got um she's got the job um she still needs to get her cpa okay um but she just has a, a real interest in sustainability in corporate sustainability and um she found a program where she can get a certificate. Obviously, it's going to cost money. <laughs> yes. So just wondering. <laughs> so you're wondering if the investment is worth more. it. Um, so to get yeah. her CPA, is it worth it? 
she's going to have a demand. Okay. Is there a demand and is it worth it? So to get her CPA, she's going to have to have two years of, of public accounting experience and, and work. So my question is, to get the certificate, does she have to step away from her job? Um, no, because she's she doesn't have her CPA yet, so she still has to get those extra credits. Okay. And um, this would fall in line with the extra credits that she needs to attain in order to sit for her CPA. So here's um, here's my opinion. Um, sustainability is big. It's growing. It's um, it's an you know I don't I know it's an investment in money, but if it's something that your daughter is interested in, um, one of the things we're seeing a lot more, Anna, is this um, kind of cross functional or maybe they call it interdisciplinary, where a lot of schools now, I mean, they're they're offering joint degrees in things like finance and technology or law and MBA or you know just these kind of crossover degrees because as you can see, even healthcare now, if you're in healthcare, you know they have health tech and you you need to understand how all of these these wearables work and things like that. So so the lines are really blurring across different industries and sustainability is one of those things that I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. So having sort of that um, interdisciplinary focus can be a really helpful uh, thing for your daughter. Would she necessarily need it to do something in sustainability? Probably not. But certainly, if this is something she's passionate about, if this is something she sees in her future, and it helps her get her CPA, which is incredibly valuable and will continue to be valuable, then I, I see this as a plus. But Brad, why don't you weigh in here? Well, Anna, I wanted to ask you, does your daughter, is she very excited about the position? Does she like the people? Does she like the company? I mean, all those things are, are in place? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, yes. This you is know what? Just, um, and she's looking to go towards the audit side versus the tax side. Um, but her goal is to work. It's one of the big four. So her goal is to work there for several years and then possibly move to a company where um, corporate sustainability is important to them. Well, you so know what? She has, a- yeah, she has a lot of time to get that sustainability certification, and I would not at all even mention it to the employer if I was her. Um, certain employers, once you're in there and you're doing a good job, they do have certain programs where you can get certain certifications that relate to anything job-related or whatever. But if I was her, I would not bring it up to the employer at all. It would maybe be something I would pursue nights, weekends, whatever the case is. Do it on your spare time and go with that job. And it it is so competitive to get your foot in the door at a big four firm, as you know. Um, The fact that she already has it locked in, I would not let any certifications stand in the way of getting that first opportunity because that will really launch her career to a great place. So yeah, so Anna, that is is that isn't an either or. I wasn't getting that, but if I misunderstood that it's an either or, that's a different question. No, it's not an either or. Okay, it's not an either or. It's just um, this is something that she's passionate about. So rather than taking, I forget how many credits they need, extra credits beyond the four years, rather than just taking courses to satisfy those credits. She was leaning towards the Certificate of Sustainability, which costs more than it would to just take credits and sit in order to be able to sit for her CPA. But she would still, the, the job would not be impacted by this decision? Oh, no. Okay. No, no. She already has, fortunately, she received several offers and she's, she's, picked who she who she feels most comfortable with. Yeah. One thing to Brad's point, actually, is that, um, you know, it's something that I hadn't thought of till he said it is that companies do often pay or have like five thousand or fifty two hundred dollars towards tuition. And that might be something that if she can wait and I don't know if that's the circumstance, but if she can wait and kind of do it after a year in, she may get that money available to her where she could kind of do both. So that might be something else to look into. A lot of firms, actually, I used to work in the big six, but now it's the big four. Um, a lot of firms make you wait a year to get that money because they want you to prove yourself and things like that. But actually, it's one of the things I negotiated on my way in is to say, hey, can we waive that? Because I knew at the time I wanted to get 
um, additional schooling and credit. So that might be something that she can look into. And that way you get the best of both worlds. You get the job. She may have to wait slightly longer, but she gets it paid for. And in the end, you get you get it all. So, Anna, thank you so much for giving us a call. We're taking our calls all hour on Career Talk, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, it is open calls. And we are taking your calls about anything, even if you wanted to call about somebody else. Hey, <laughs> that's what we're here for. Um, we have the Dream Team, Michelle and Dion, who are ready to... Answer those calls, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And we also have Brad Sona in studio. He's the president and co-founder. Actually, he's not in studio. He's on the phone. But um, same same here, Brad. Uh, Summit Staffing Partners, an IT staffing firm with offices in New York and Pennsylvania. So if you've always had a question you've wanted to ask a recruiter, today is your day. So... Um, Brad, we were talking about kind of the differences between headhunters and staffing firms and temp agencies and, you know, how it can be a little bit confusing. But I think the bottom line is that that these companies work for the clients and and you had mentioned that they're not going to find you a job. So if you're going to work with a staffing agency, um, it can be a benefit and it's something you can add to your your repertoire of, of you know, networking and other things. But how do you know if if you're looking at these opportunities, if a firm is a good match for you. So if they, they tend to get the types of jobs that might be a good match for your skill set. You know, the, the, Dawn, the best thing that I recommend to people is look online, go on LinkedIn, go on Indeed, go on Monster, Career Builder, whatever sites you, you look at to, to find jobs as a job seeker and see who is putting jobs out there that fit your background. For instance, if you're an IT network engineer, you might see four postings from a particular um, staffing company or recruiting firm that match up very, very well. That might be a recruiting agency that you might want to connect with in some way, shape, or form if you're looking. Um, you know, th- that really is the best way to kind of find out who really specializes in those positions because people can say all they want as recruiters. They can say, oh, yeah, we specialize in this and we're experts in this, da 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 da, da. But if you haven't had a job in that specific field in two years, how many people have you placed in those jobs? Then, you know, you're really not an expert as a company in that field. So mm-hmm. you want to look at previous jobs. Even there's a way to look. Um, it's a little bit intricate, but on these job boards at, at jobs that were previously closed, um, and you want to see which firms in your area have had jobs that make sense for you, that are a good fit, and that might be a recruiting agency that you want to reach out to either by LinkedIn or by applying or whatever the case may be. I like that um, strategy, Brett. How can people find that information? How can people find what jobs have closed and what have the, the company has already staffed so they can see if there's a good match? You know, there's ways, and I would have to look at the technicalities of it. There's a way to like, click, like, open jobs, recently closed jobs. I, it's on Indeed. It's on LinkedIn, all the popular sites. And you also might see jobs that have expired, quote-unquote, and you'll see it'll say posted 258 days ago, as an example, online. But it's still there. Do you know what I mean? And it might be a job that's filled. It might be a job that went away. It might be a job that, you know, is no longer being worked on. But at least you can see what they've had in the past. Um, so there is a technical way. I actually, I know you have a pretty robust website, Dawn. Maybe I can send you some information on that after the show and how to kind of do that for your audience to, to check out. That would be great. And we will tweet that. We will tweet that at Dr. Don Graham. So, um, yeah, definitely send it because I, I like that idea. I mean, one other thing I've heard is to ask for, for references. So to say, you know, hey, can I talk to some of the people you've placed? And I know, you know, if if you're a reputable firm, that probably wouldn't be an issue. But it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit more involved. So, so this might be a good middle ground is to kind of take a look at what they've already staffed um, online, if we could do that. So, all right, Brad, you send us the the technical specs of that, and we'll post it on Twitter at Dr. John Graham. So one of the things um, I want to talk about with you today, Brad, because you've got this this um, dual experience of hiring both permanent employees as well as temporary employees. And um, I just posted a blog on this because I think it's such a smart way to get your foot in the door. And I've done it, and I know a lot of my clients have done it, but it's going for 
a temp job that may not be posted as temp to hire. It might just be posted as, hey, we need a temporary person for two months or three months or to cover somebody who's out on maternity or paternity leave or, um, you know, hey, we just have this special project. And a lot of people don't want to do this because they think, no, I'm really looking for a permanent full-time gig and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, step my foot into this and then not be available. But I think this is one of the best ways that you can get hired is starting out as a temp. So, so can you tell us a little bit about what your firm does in that respect? Absolutely. Well, we, we place people in temporary roles. Um, sometimes you can call them consulting roles. They all are pretty much the same thing. Um, but temporary consulting roles do have, in a lot of people's mind, a negative connotation. People say, well, I'm just a temp. I'm not that important there. I'm not someone who um, is going to be a true part of the team. That sort of mentality is kind of attached to temporary staffing. But at the end of the day, there have been so many, just in my personal experience, amazing success stories. Uh, one, one of them that um, really sticks out is the candidate who got hired by me as an entry-level help desk person, which means in technology, it's pretty much the lowest level of IT that is sort of an entry-level IT position at a hedge fund that I work with um, here in Manhattan. And years later, this person is no longer a temp. They've actually proven themselves and done so well to the point that they are now the CTO of that company. Now, granted, this is a small company. This is a company with 120 people. But they, this person was, come, uh, was brought in to basically help with some technology things that they have at a very junior level. They impressed people. They worked really hard. And now they actually have a team of three, four people. They're continuing to hire and build a team. And it's just an unbelievable success story. This was supposed to be a three-month temp assignment. Though, wow. <laughs> that has went to, turned into this. So you never know who you're going to impress at a company. You never know who you're going to meet and network with once you're in there actually doing the job, connecting with people there, making relationships. You never know. So it's an incredible opportunity that a lot of people tend to look past, which is you know, something that, that they probably shouldn't do. They probably should consider it. Yeah, that is an incredible story. And um, it's, it's, it's not an anomaly either. I mean, yeah, people get hired. As a matter of fact, the stat I found is that, um, you know, more than 35% of people actually are offered a full-time job, which you get your foot in the door, you said it, and that is the most important thing. That's the hardest part of any job search is even getting um, your foot in the door. So I do want to talk a little bit more about the the advantages. Um, I, I think we should talk about some of the disadvantages as well, just to keep it all balanced. But then I really do want to talk, Brad, about how once you do get your foot in the door, so once you, you are in a temp role, how you can turn that into a permanent role. But first, we're going to go to Gregory in Texas. Gregory, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, Don. Um, first of all, I love your show, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I had a, a quick question. My question was, um, oftentimes, I'll go on to various job boards and apply for positions, and all of a sudden, I'll get an avalanche of temp services calling me back about the position that I assumed was with the company. And I think my question speaks to the sort of negative perception that I have of temp agencies. So I, I, can't, I don't want to return a call and deal with them. It feels a little scammy. Um, yeah. For example, I'll, yeah, I'll apply to a job in Texas and I'll get calls from firms in New York, Colorado, Florida. And I'm like, you know, I thought you guys were local. You know, what's going on? It's this, it, it, it doesn't feel right. And I'm wondering, is that normal with temp agencies? Is it worth looking into or should I just beware? That's a really good question, Gregory. Um, Brad, what's going on here? Greg, you, you know, one of the things that I always recommend to people is seriously, get a Google voice number and put that on your resume instead of your real cell phone number. Because that way, these you know, some of these things are definitely scams, and they can, um, you can weed those things out, and no one actually has your real cell phone number, although obviously a Google Voice number rings to your real cell phone number. But if you're getting calls about things that are out of state, I mean, obviously, either that's a recruiting firm that doesn't know anything about logistics. I mean, how would you, you in Texas get a, take a job in Minnesota unless you're planning on moving there and indicating that somehow on your resume? I'm sure you're not. So it is really, really important Yes, to be able to weed out 
who the real things are versus what the, the, the fake things are. And that goes back to what Dawn and I were talking about earlier. Look into the agencies that are calling you. Find out who they are. If they have a reputable name, if there's a person on there that you could research them on LinkedIn and say, oh, Emily from ex-staffing firm called me. They have a LinkedIn profile. They've been in the business for eight years, whatever the case is. This is someone I should call back. But if it's someone calling you from uh, a place that you have no idea what it is, you can't even find the name of the company, you can't even Google the phone number that called you and it, it doesn't come up, then it's probably not going to be a real thing. So you want to just do a little due diligence. I mean, that's why the internet is such a great tool. There's so many ways to research these things and find out who's calling you, what's real and what's not. And yes, there's a lot of fake things in that temporary staffing industry that you have to be wary of. Right? Yeah. And, and Gregory, I'm thinking too, like, I don't know if you've posted your resume online. Like, I think you can post it on LinkedIn or you can, you know, these job boards allow you to post it. I wouldn't do that. Um, I, I, I think that resume, even though a lot of that information is probably already out there in your LinkedIn and, and you know, other kind of professional sites, I would not put a resume out there because I think that is just almost bait for some of these um, scam agencies to kind of take it. And obviously, if you're in a job search, they know this and they know that you're probably in a space where y- you want to get a job. So you're going to talk to them. But I agree that um you know, a lot of these sound like they might be scams. And if they can't do something that's relational, I'll come back to that relational meaning they have a, a legitimate conversation with you. They talk about legitimate jobs. They have a legitimate website. When you look at them on LinkedIn, here's one of the biggest things that I find is, you know, you should be able to look them up on LinkedIn and their connections, the people they're connected with should be you know, people who hire companies. I mean, it, 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 the trail, I guess, should lead to being legit. But I think when that trail hits a dead end, so maybe they, they their LinkedIn profile is really sparse or, you know, their website is really sparse or they don't, you know, they're not connected to anybody on LinkedIn who would make sense for them to be connected to or they're not in these these groups or things like that. I think you have to trust your instinct that this is this is not what you want to be using your time on because it, it's not going to be legit. So I can totally understand why some of these staffing agencies are, are um, kind of putting a bad taste in your mouth, Gregory. But what I would say is research some of the ones that are legit and reach out to them. So kind of take control. If you're going to go that route, take control and and be the one in the driver's seat so that you know you've done your due diligence on that. But thank you so much, Gregory. We really appreciate you calling. Best of luck on your job search. If we can help in any way, we are here every Thursday. So give us a call, 844-WHARTON, 844 Seven eight six six, and we're going to go to Lee in New York. Lee, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Well, I've been very happy to come through to speak to you. I want to commend you. It's a sensational show. Thank you. Really, Lee. My question, my question to you is: uh, When is the book coming out? Um, I was at Penn a few decades ago, back before such things as computers, pretty much. And uh, I think it would be sensational if you could write a book about the programs that you've had. <laughs> Lee, did Michelle plant this question with you? <laughs> I swear I, I didn't. Question she, she says, you're really going to ask that? <laughs> uh, but I, it's phenomenal. Jeez. I've been in, you know, I, I'm an attorney in, in New York myself. I've been on both sides of the hiring desk. Um, and I really, I can't think of a more valuable resource than what you have done. Lee, thank you so much. So, so you've been on both sides of the hiring desk. What is what is kind of you know your best tip for people who are trying to get hired? You know, somebody well, who's hired. My classmate Ben Franklin would say. No, actually, I didn't go that far back. But, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, wow. <laughs> right. I, I was. Um, I, I would say hiring is a little bit of a um, for both sides um, a, a little bit of rolling the dice. You never really know because you have people and personalities involved. I think one of the best questions to ask a person on an interview or to answer is how would you deal with adversity? Uh, Because that gives you, it gives the sense of how the person would react to something that's an off uh, off the usual question. But I think it's also something that gives you an insight into their personality. Having said that, and there are a number of interview questions you ask that have to be field specific. Um, I have, you know, I can't say every hire I've made has been great or vice versa. Um, but I, I think over time you, you see that, that the type of show that you have is far and away, in my opinion, the best resource. And I said that after having 
read some of your reading list. I wish you were on your own reading list. Oh, Lee, I'm I'm so excited that you called because now you're part of the show. You're you're part of the podcast. You're part of you're part of the show's future. I love that. I love that. And, and well, I'm not so far out that I'm I come down to campus every once in a bit. So uh, well, you should let us know. You should let us know. And you should visit us in the studio. We'd we'd love to see you. Um, so to answer your question. Um, I actually did write a book, and it is in publication right now. It is called Switchers, and it is all about the tactical aspects of how to switch careers. So, for example, if you're doing an industry or a functional switch, very tactical. So it's not about you know how to figure it out in terms of what do I want to do with my life, but it's like, okay, you figured it out. Here is the insider scoop on how to do it. So it's Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. It is due out June 2018, and I was not planning on giving that a plug today, but Lee, you've, you've opened the door, so I had to walk through it. Thank you so much. And, you know, leave us your information, Lee, because I want to make sure you get one of the first copies when it comes out. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk and for being a listener and for contributing to the show, Lee. We really love that. Hey, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. But right now, we have to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Yes, there's always a quiz, and I kind of like this one. Um, This is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. This, it's a short and sweet one. This is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. Hey, if you think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM, Channel 111, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we will be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Graham. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, SiriusXM. Channel 111. Hey, for more great advice, you can go to my blog, dawnoncareers.com. And we are here today with Brad Sona, the president and co-founder of Summit Staffing Partners. And we are talking all about getting hired, right, Brad? We are You are a recruiter. You're giving people the inside scoop. So we're taking your calls all hour long at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to dive right into a call. We're going to go to Glenn in Canada. Glenn, we love our international callers. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, this is just about my daughter. She's just uh, doing her CPA for accounting. Actually, she finds out tomorrow on her exam, and I believe she's passed. Fingers um, crossed. Yes, exactly. Uh, and she's she's at one of the big tours in a small city in Canada, and she's moving to Toronto, and she's uh, already got an interview, and it looks like it's no problem to transfer with that firm. And I'm just wondering, would it be advantageous for her to look at other firms uh, to see what they have to offer so she has some negotiating rights you know, on salary and so on? Or is it better to stay with her current firm long-term just to get more experience with only one company. Okay, so she's moving to Toronto regardless. Yes. Okay. Um, And her current company has offered to move her? Yes. And how long has she been there? Uh, She's been there about two years. Okay. About two years. So she's probably on, in terms of how public accounting works, she's on the verge of a promotion? Yes. I think she'll be, she's a she was a junior, then an intermediate account, and now she's, I think, when she gets her CPA, she'll probably become a, a senior, I think. Okay. So um, so my thought is this. Um, so a couple of things on this. In terms of salary, you're right. One of the best ways to get a bump in salary is to change companies. That being said, when you're talking about change factor, um, if she's on the verge of a promotion, I would love to see her get that promotion before she starts thinking about putting her resume out there because um, that promotion will likely come with a pay raise and then she can actually um, get another pay raise perhaps at some point. The other thing is is that you know if the company's offering to move her, that could be a pretty big benefit in terms of them paying for relocation costs, which, you know, can be quite pricey, but also having her get settled in Toronto. Why is she moving to Toronto? 
I don't know if they're going to pay for a move. They're going to do the transfer. I don't know if they actually pay for the move. Uh, the reason she's moving to Toronto, to be honest with you, is just that it's a, a, a bigger city and she'll get more experience. And eventually she wants to get out of public accounting, I think, you know, okay. long term. So one of the things about um, a long distance search, so if she's looking for jobs in Toronto, is that that's going to be a little bit of a hurdle. So companies are going to, I mean, it's just anything else. It's like a risk factor. If you're moving, they want to know why you're moving. What if you get here and you don't like it? So that could make the job search slightly more difficult. So I I mean, if I were her, I would I would try the angle of I'd get my promotion. Hopefully tomorrow she'll she'll nail that, uh, that CPA exam and, and get the those positive results, get her pay raise, move to Toronto, get settled in. And I would try and negotiate some kind. I mean, even $5,000, a lot of these firms, like that's nothing to them. And they'll, you know, fine, we have a good employee. We have somebody who just earned her CPA. We'll give her the $5,000 to move or to, you know, to scope out some places. And, you know, then she gets set up. She gets, she knows, she gets to meet people and stuff like that. So, um, you know, sure, she can go the other route. But I just feel like with a change, like a move and I'm putting my psychology hat on, you know, another change, like a new job and having to prove yourself all over again and stuff like that could be pretty stressful. So, Brad, you wanna, do you want to weigh in on this one? Don, I'm 100% on board with what you just said right there. And also, you know, the grass isn't always greener. It sounds like she's actually with a really nice company that's willing to, you know, she wants to move to Toronto, they're willing to pay, they're willing to help her out, da 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 It's not necessarily a you know, a guarantee that the next company that she goes to is going to be as flexible as, you know, willing to kind of work with her through different situations. And they're actually proving it with their actions. She's been there two years. I mean, I think, you know, the perfect time to make a move really is maybe four to five years into being with a company. I mean, one thing employers and hiring managers really dislike is when you're a quote unquote job hopper, Glenn, when you're um, you know, making a move every two years and you're never seemingly satisfied with whatever situation you're in. And she's about to get this promotion. I mean, it makes almost no sense to make that change now, especially with the logistical change that's coming in her life of moving to a, a different place and everything like that. So I think Dawn was right on the money with her comments. Uh, so, Glenn, I have to ask you, as dad, you have an opinion. What's, what's dad's opinion? <laughs> oh, my, my opinion, and, and her opinion is to stay with the firm. I, I, I thought the same thing because it looked better on your... Um, you know, on your resume down the road when she goes to uh, change positions, and it would be easier for her because she knows their systems and so on. Um, they haven't offered any relocation yet, uh, but it's something that, I, that she could maybe ask for. That you think she should ask for a relocation? Expense. She should ask. Hey, if you don't ask, you don't get. So, I mean, like I said, uh, companies sometimes, even if they don't really have a policy in place for this type of relocation because she initiated it, you know, a lot of times if, if she's a good employee, um, if there's an opening and a need in the Toronto office, they're like, hey, you know, we can we can throw $5,000 at you, which would help her with the, you know, moving truck or, you know, whatever the down payment is on her new apartment or whatever. And, you know, it's a win-win for both sides. So I would definitely tell her to um, to ask for that. So Glenn, thank you so much for calling. I'm glad we all got consensus on this one. And fingers crossed for your daughter and her test results tomorrow. Hey, you're listening to SiriusXM Channel 111. It's open call Thursday, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Jason in New York, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today hi uh, so i actually am in uh, the midst of a job search and i have two offers on the table uh one is for five thousand dollars less on base salary than the other but i really love the company with the lower offer i i think i mesh well with the uh, with the people more so than the other company and I just want some advice as to what I should do. Oh, the dreaded two jobs offers. This is like, Jason, this is what I always tell people when they start the job search and they're they're kind of in that lull phase. They're like, oh, it's never going to happen. I was like, no, you know what's going to happen is you're going to have two job offers and each one's going to have pros and cons. You're going to want to mishmash them together and make it perfect and you're going to struggle with which one to pick. So I'm so glad you're at this point because, hey, you've got two job offers. That's awesome. Okay, so here's my thought on on how to pick. So there's obviously a lot of factors. Money is a big one. Um, but I would say the most important factor of any job is who you work for. And are they going to sponsor you? And are they going to help you grow? Because this person that you work for is going to be 
involved in future promotions, future salary raises, um, you know, maybe in your day to day, which, you know, can make a big difference if it's somebody you mesh with. The other question I would ask yourself is what opportunities are going to be presented in this company you love that pays less versus the other company? So who are you going to get to network with? Who are you going to get to meet? Um, You know, do they promote from within? Is this going to be a resume builder for you based on brand name? Um, so looking at kind of the value of that $5,000, not just today, but over the course of your career. So I think that's something else you need to think about. And and I, I call it looking at your exit opportunities because what we know is that people tend to stay in jobs around four years. And so what exit opportunities does this position create for you? Because maybe you take a step back now, but the brand name or the people you'll meet or the boss who is helping you grow and develop will catapult you into something even greater than you are now. Um, Brad, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Jason, you mentioned that you like the other job better that's less money, and it's what, $5,000 difference? Yes. Okay, so you have a $5,000 difference. If, I mean, if you think about that, and I've, I'm just kind of trying to do the math in my head, but if you, you have to go with your gut instincts in these situations. You have to go with the best fit. I've seen so many people over the years take a position that was five or seven or $8,000 more with a company that works them 15 to 20 more hours a week or a boss that's miserable. And for $5,000 less in salary, they could have been in something that, seemingly would have been a much better fit for their personal life, for their professional life. If you think about $5,000 over the course of the of 26 paychecks in a year. Plus taxes. Yeah, plus taxes. <laughs> I mean, what is that, $190 every two weeks before taxes, like Dawn just mentioned. So if you add in taxes, maybe that's $130 every two weeks. It's not going to change your life to take the job that's a little less money if you feel like it's that much of a better fit. Um, are the hours comparable? Are the benefits comparable, Jason? I mean, are all those things pretty similar between the two companies or major difference? I mean, you have to make a list of these things. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's true if you put it on paper, um, because right now you're looking at what you're losing in terms of this $5,000, which as, um, Brad, I'm going to go with your math because I can't do that math in my head, but (laughs) whatever, it's $150 per paycheck. Um, Yeah, I mean, what does that really get you versus a better commute or better hours or really cool coworkers or a flexible schedule or what all those things are? I mean, you start to realize that, that they're not that different in terms of the actual pay, plus the fact that that more and more states are preventing hiring managers and recruiters from asking about previous salary means if you were concerned about, oh, well, this is going to kind of set me back for future. Nope, no, it won't, Jason. So congrats. Um, you'll be starting a new job soon. I think I think hopefully you're leaning towards the one you love because it's rare to find something that you love. So if you got that, go for it. Congratulations. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. And we're here with Brad Stona, and we're talking about um, – temp jobs and we're talking about job seekers uh but we also have paul in canada who is calling in and i want to go in because he wants to weigh in on jason and we love it when callers weigh in on other callers so paul welcome to the show thank you it's great to be here well so what's your advice for jason well you know i just took early retirement from a job that was incredibly uh negative and you know, I was making north of a hundred grand a year, and the money does not matter at all when it comes to your personal happiness at work. I can't tell you how many days I came home in the past year being pissed off and, and mad and angry and taking it out on my family. You know, five thousand dollars, Jason, is nothing when you are at the end of your career. Um, make you do what makes you happy. And find a job that is a perfect fit for you because you're going to be spending a lot of time there and working for someone who's miserable, who makes you miserable, is the last thing you ever want to do in your life. Wow, Paul, that was so well said that I, I just I have nothing to add. That is great advice. Jason, I hope you're listening because... It, it really is awesome to find a job you love. Um, Paul, thank you so much for calling and, and weighing in. Congratulations on your early retirement. 
Hey, if you've got a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. 844-Wharton-844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. And we're here with Brad Sona, who is a recruiter and president and co-founder of Summit Staffing Partners, who, don't forget, will also be sharing with us, which I will send out via Twitter, um, how you can kind of look in the past jobs that staffing companies have hired so that you can see if they're a good fit. So you can find that on Twitter later today Doctor at Dr. Don Grant. So, okay, we're talking about pros and cons of of temp jobs, and we're talking about temp to hire. And so there's a ton of advantages, I mean, of, of taking the temp route, even if they're not guaranteeing something permanent. We talked about getting their foot in the door, Brad, but what are some of the other advantages of going this route to a full, you know, with the idea of getting a full-time job? I mean, look, the typical hiring process, Dawn, as you know, you interview three, four times, you meet, you know, eight, nine people, seven people, whatever it is, for half hour, 45 minutes each typically, um, and then you start working. And they really don't know that much about you, what you can actually do when you're in the office or when you're in the organization or whatever the case is. When you go in there as a temporary employee, you literally have the chance to prove it on the job every single day. You can stay late. You can um, go above and beyond what's expected of you. Obviously, one of the things you never want to do as a temp is rock the boat. You don't want to go in there and really start you know, being transformational in nature. <laughs> you want to try to fit in. You, know, you want to try to fit in and show what a great fit you are. But it is the best way to get to know the people that are the hiring managers within the organization, the people that are your coworkers, to show what a great teammate you are. And let's face it, whether you're someone who's just starting out in their first job out of college or whether you're C-level, being collaborative is such an important trait in people that get hired. And if you can prove how collaborative you are and how hardworking you are and that people like you, there is no way that that company is going to let you go. Either they're going to find something else internally for you or they're going to, you know, hire you for the position that you were hired for temporarily. Now, of course, there are instances where a company can't keep you on, but I've had instances where they've let someone go because of a budget thing that they've had as a temp, and then they've called back a mm-hmm. month later and said, hey, is this person still available, Brad? We need them back, and we want to hire them permanently. Yep. It happens often, and it is the be- it's like the best networking tool you can do is networking within the company that you potentially want to work at. So it's an amazing opportunity. Yeah, and you get to try before you buy. I mean, maybe you think the, the company is going to be awesome from the outside looking in, but you get in there, and you're like, wow, this is not what I thought. So, I mean, then you get to exit gracefully. Hey, my contract's up. Thank you. But I also think temp workers are agile. So um, that's another thing when you're talking about uh, temporary work. Even if you take several temporary jobs, people worry about how it looks on their resume. And I think, sure, um, it depends on how you present it. But I think it can show incredible agility. It can show that you've gotten experience in a variety of industries. You're able to work well with different people. Um, So I think if you look at the positives of what you're doing that you can learn quickly that you can produce quickly and you can show that on a resume or in an interview i mean i think being a temp worker with um you know who's that track record of success is going to actually be a huge benefit because companies want agility um they want you to be able to come in and learn quickly and hit the ground running so so let's talk there are some disadvantages to the the temp path so i'm not going to say it's all roses i mean one of the biggest ones people say brad is that there's no benefits Mm-hmm. So, you well, know, you're not you, getting health care, and that's, that's you know, that is a drawback. Yeah. Well, one of the things, I mean, any good temp agency, my, mine included, um, any good staffing firm will offer benefits. Um, ours kick in, like, for instance, the first of the day, after, first of the month after 30 days that you've worked there, which is, you know, not a terrible waiting period. But a temp agency that doesn't offer you uh, benefits is probably one you should steer clear from unless – the job that they particularly have is exactly what you're looking for in every way. And then, of course, there's other ways to get benefits. There are, you know, whether if you're under 26, you could be in your parents. If um, you're, um, you can go on COBRA. There's many different things you could do, of course. But, yeah, a, a temp agency that does not offer benefits is one that you may want to steer clear from. And it is a drawback. You're absolutely right. It's tough to see your coworkers getting these amazing benefits and vacation packages and bonuses, and you don't get it because you're not a permanent employee. It is tough. You're right, Dawn. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you may feel like you you don't belong or things like that. But I think that's the exact opposite mindset you have to take. You have to say, you know what, I'm doing a, a job here. Yes, I'm not in the same payroll system as everybody else. But I mean, you're obviously fulfilling a position. People are hired because they're needed. So I think if you take the mindset of I'm going to to act like a regular employee, meaning going to um, you know eat lunch with your coworkers or you know, pitching in or going to, to staff meetings as you're able. I mean, I think that is part of what you can do to kind of um, show them that you want to be a member of of the team. And so, hey. Before we forget, we have to answer our pre-break quiz. Um, I almost forgot. This is the busiest day of the year for plumbers. Who do you think you know? Dion knows. Dion, what is it? Of course I do. Yes. So uh, I've, I've got a theory. Okay. All right. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say the day after Thanksgiving because there's got to be time for you to actually call the plumber and then for them to get out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, like, the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. The Wednesday. Wow, yeah. you really thought about yeah. that. That's very strategic. I don't know if I had time on my ass. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you should have trusted your instinct. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that earlier. You got to trust your gut, Dion, because um, you were right. It was it was the day after Thanksgiving. But now I have to ask you this, the follow-up question. Why do you think that is? <laughs> well, you laugh. Like, Dion laughs. He knows this is a PG-13 show, but it is not the reason you're thinking. And I really? know what Dion's thinking. Spell it out, Dion. Yeah. What are you thinking? He, I, huh? <laughs> no, it is, this, is, this show is over the lunch hour for some people, so please don't spell it out. But what... All right, so Rotor Rooter says their their business goes up like. <laughs> remember them? I guess they're still around. Fifty percent on Black Friday compared to a regular Friday, but is not because of what you think. It's actually kitchen drains because people pour fats and cooking oils and you know, and they put like pumpkin yeah. stuff enough down the disposal and poultry skins and all, bleh, and it clogs the drain. So it's the garbage disposal that they are actually dealing with. Interesting. But, and I know that's not what you were thinking. Not at all. But what he was thinking really isn't hurting their business. No, no. I'm that, sure. I, I mean, that happens <laughs> too, but While you're here. it's contributing. <laughs> yeah. It, but they, they actually did read a lot about this, more than I probably should have. But <laughs> it's actually because people throw turkey carcasses down the toilet because they don't have a garbage disposal. So. Oh, my gosh. I know. This is why I'm a vegetarian. You get to avoid all of these challenges when you... Don't flush your turkey, yeah, people. Yeah, do not flush your turkey. Actually, just just stop eating meat. Just, you know, go vegetarian. There you go. Or you can do that. <laughs> so, so, hey, we've been talking um, with Brad Soda. And, Brad, the time goes by so quickly. So as we wrap up in the last 30 seconds, what are your final tips for people who are looking looking to get temp-to-perm hires? you just got to be out there and looking at all possible options. Even on social networking, like LinkedIn is a big thing. Mark yourself open to new opportunities if you're really looking. Put a nice picture of yourself up there that reflects you well. Make sure your resume is in order. Make sure your resume does not have egregious spelling mistakes or terrible formatting. Make sure your resume looks great. If you spend you know, an hour or two on it, it can make all the difference in the world. And just put yourself out there and, and be open to, to suggestions and Look at the glass half full rather than Mm -hmm. half empty, like we were talking about with temp rolls and things along those lines. Don't say, hey, I'm not getting benefits. Say, hey, I'm getting a great opportunity. Yep. Attitude can make all the difference. And and finally, as we talked about earlier, you got to ask. Let them know. Say, let them know if you're interested in a permanent opportunity. Say, you know, this has been a great experience. I would really be interested in um, in an opportunity here. So ask and, and you shall get. Hey, Brad, thank you so much. Where can people reach you, Brad? summit-staffing.com or I'm on LinkedIn, Bradley Sona. We'd love having you here on Career Talk. Hey, thank you to all of our listeners and callers and Michelle and Dion. You make this show so fun as always. Hey, for more great advice, you can follow us on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll see you next time.